welcome to As the Worm Turns. You are tuned into KVNF's live call-in gardening show. I'm your host, Jill Spears, and I'm here with one of my favorite gardeners, Lance. Hi, good How evening. Good evening, Lance. And our other favorite gardener in for special worm appearance, it's Amber Kleinman. Thanks for joining us, Amber. Hello, happy to be here. Yeah, right fresh off of Mountain Harvest uh, mm-hmm. Celebration Ooh. here in the North Fork. What a great time. Mm-hmm. And our table tonight is just reminiscent of some of the <laughs> yeah. booths and yeah. um, presentations that I saw. So many farmers out um, this weekend, and of course, at Arbel Market tonight. But some great stuff, and um, it was flying off the tables this week. So yeah. I'd love to see people supporting their farmers. Yeah, lots out there yeah. to harvest. We're an hour long tonight. This is our last hour long mm-hmm. uh, show of the season oh, as we wind it down. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. And Amber and Lance are here to answer your questions. <laughs> yes. 970-527-4868-866. KVNF now. Worm at kvnf.org is the email. Lots going on on the table right here. What should we start with? <laughs> Gosh, you go, Lance. Okay. Okay. Well, there's uh, blue corn, and it is phenomenal this year. Uh, it's mango. It's, uh, I would say, 14-inch long ears and uh, two to three inches around. Yeah. The, yeah. the kernels are like molars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they are like molars. Exactly. Molars. They're huge. And it's like, this is blue corn. This is not Hopi plant. Uh, blue corn. This is a blue corn. Just so you know, blue, uh, Hopi corns are all only about four or five feet tall. Oh. And this got about eight feet tall. Right. I mean, it's almost black. It's so dark. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a super yeah. dark indigo. Mm-hmm. Um, and this got three stalks here or three ears. And this one is, yeah, look at yeah. that. It's like a obsidian color. <laughs> yeah. And beautiful. so are you going to grind this or what are you going to do with all well, this? Well, these are going to go to Jill's house for decoration. Okay, well, other than these. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I set aside 60 ears already for seed, seed and I'll save, I'll only use about a third of that for seed. And what I do is I hang it in the living room, and it's my winter decoration around the windows. Nice. Uh-huh. And then the rest of it will be shelled, which is to get it off the cob. And I'll store that in uh, five-gallon buckets. And, yes, from time to time. when I, so I have blue corn, yellow corn, pink mm-hmm. corn. I have a question. Yeah. What do you mean? How do you get it off there? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it's really quite nice. Okay. I have uh, antique... 100-year-old, hand-cranked, cast-iron corn chiller. What? I want to see a picture of that. Yeah. Yeah, it's actually quite a lot cast of fun. What is it? hand-cranked. hand-cranked? Does it spin it and, like, pop them off? No, or? the inside, it's got a big spring in there, and it has spikes on the plates. Oh, okay. And spikes on the stationary plates and spikes on the moving part, and it twists it, and it turns it, it turns it this way and that and it takes about 95% of the kernels off Do and you once go a, ear by ear uh, you know uh-huh. we should have somebody film that yeah one yeah, ear at a time uh-huh. it's definitely a home thing uh-huh. and <laughs> right now those from what I understand those hand, um, corn shellers are worth a lot of money mm-hmm. if they're in working condition yeah it sounds like yeah you're gonna go through 60 ears no I'll no I have more than that for that's oh, the sixty six years, years is just for seed. seed. I have all the rest, you know, probably a couple hundred years. Uh-huh. But uh-huh. it's fine. I mean, you just you know put the big tarp out, put the thing right in the middle, right. and you just crank away. Yeah, you know, your living room is busy all winter long. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have done it in the living room. Normally, I do it uh-huh. outside. Uh huh. But yeah. And so okay. when you harvested this, um, you had some earwigs. Uh, I had a out. tremendous amount of earwigs yeah. in there, and so normally I husk that inside at night or early morning, but this time I did it outside because I didn't want thousands of earwigs in my house. Yeah. Was that a surprise uh-huh. to you? Because you To were... see that many? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, and I had opened a few early on just to see what was going on, and oh gosh, look at this. <laughs> you know. So, so not caterpillars, but... Earwigs, earwigs in the in the end of the corn. 
they were actually down and towards the base. Oh, the base. Okay. Yeah, that's where they were when you mm-hmm. pulled it open. Mm-hmm. And they were just hiding. Mm-hmm. You can see they weren't eating anything. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're beautiful. Mm-hmm. And so this blue corn then that you save for seed, do you hold that for um, another year to come? And what are you going to grow next year? Um, I have, let me see, I have a white corn. No, wait, excuse me. I have the pink corn. I have a yellow flint. I have this blue corn. I have man and bride. And I have popcorn. So that's every five years, one of those. Just and I might grow a white one that has a pink blush next year. Ooh, yeah. We'll see. This is a little reminiscent of um, Matt's Indian corn up at Gray Owl Oh, he had Farm. great stuff. Oh, my gosh. The colors <laughs> up there were absolutely mm-hmm. amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks for bringing that in. <laughs> Thanks for decorating my front door yeah. with it. <laughs> All right, five two seven four eight six eight eight six six KVNF now. Um, we've also got some of these snap peas, which Amber, you commented on just how sweet that little green fruit is. Yeah, <laughs> they're like the dessert of the vegetable kingdom. Yeah, <laughs> that and the uh, sun gold tomatoes are so sweet. It's yeah. like, just a delight. Yeah, your snap yeah. peas did well. They're doing, they're blooming, and they just get better. The, mm-hmm. You know, if you want to take a risk, the fall peas are way better than the spring planted ones because mm-hmm. they it's getting cooler, mm-hmm. and they can keep growing. You know, this, then the snow peas are a little later. They're blooming like mad right now, just starting to make peas. And so they were planted in July? Late July, early August, somewhere mm-hmm. in there. And really, as a strategy, this year, that was very smart because as the grasshoppers kind of dwindle off, they're allowed to flourish, mm-hmm. yeah. whereas the early stuff just... Yeah. Chat. Right. Good strategy yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Timing. Mm-hmm. So, and it's really good. It's fun to have because nobody has them, and you just sort of hand them out, you know. <laughs> that is fun. Yeah. Well, thanks for bringing those sweet things mm-hmm. in. Hey, we have a email from Marilyn, who is one of our regular listeners. She has uh, seven to eight zucchinis that have gotten about five to six inches long, but they're soft and yellow on the end. She's always had a couple, but not this many um, that are giving her the problem. Mm-hmm. Any idea what's causing that for her? My, my first uh, thing is just uh, lack of pollination, mm. and it could... Uh, also because of the extreme heat i don't know the time frame of when that happened you know Hmm. yeah um pollination we've talked about it a couple times on the show and amber it seems like there have been um plants that just didn't get pollinated this year for whatever yeah kind of common and the zucchini itself is the female that's the ovary for the seeds what if there is no male flowers at that particular time when they were bo- open. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's another thing. There might not have been any male flowers on the zucchini to pollinate that female flower. Kind of a timing thing? Yeah, it mm-hmm. just happens. You know, I had a mm-hmm. few, but nothing bad. She said she, she gets two or so a year. I had a few. So maybe more zucchini plants would help, or? <laughs> Do you want more than zucchini? No, I know. <laughs> Oh, that's a lot no. of square footage. <laughs> no. In the beginning of squash, it's practically all male flowers and very few. F- mm-hmm. And then it turns the other way. And I don't, I've never really noticed far into the season if it's all female flowers and no male. Uh, I'm done. I took mm-hmm. my zucchini plants out two weeks ago. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so. And um, zucchini, squash, um, some of that's coming ready like your delicata Mm -hmm. maybe is ready um tips on harvesting those types well you know the delicatas and the acorns what i've noticed personally on them if you sort of turn them or lift them up you don't want to break them off but if the underside is orange not that pale yellow they're ready to go yeah okay and be careful because they will snap off really easy and then the winter squash, leave them. They're not ready. They're not ready. No. And you really want to get a light frost on them. Oh, as long you know, as you can. Yeah, as long as you can. I've even taken years where I took blankets out and covered every last squash. 
and kept it on for another month. That was a chore. Uh-huh. Extend the season. <laughs> <laughs> Every last squash. Every last squash I had out in the squash patch, I wow. covered. Yeah. Do you have pumpkins out there? I have what's called more gold, but no pumpkins. Oh, uh-huh. no. more gold is a squash. A, a winter squash, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Are you covering anything now? Are you preparing oh, no. to cover? No. Amber, you've always um, kind of journaled and kept track of um, when the first frost is, and what are you thinking about uh, this year? What what kind of timeline are you? You know, I was just thinking about that today because um, typically around October 6th to 10th, is I get a freeze at my house, but I am low. I'm down by Minnesota Creek, so I'm by the water, and so I freeze first. And like the earliest freeze I've ever had was September 27th. Oh, wow. But typically it's around October 10th. Um, but it just seems like it's still really warm still. And so, yeah, we're getting quite a fluctuation of 80s and during the day and 40s at night. <laughs> right, yeah. It's yes. not really curbing, uh, you know, the daytime temperatures are pretty warm still. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm, I don't know what's going to happen this year, but I, I certainly hope we don't get a freeze, you know, where it, it's still really warm during the day and then we get a freeze because that's that swing that really affects yeah. trees and old established. Yeah. 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 It is chilly in the mornings and then mm-hmm. that sun comes up and <laughs> it's like August yeah. again. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that. Well, it's so interesting to me, the little microclimates, because here you are right in the middle of a town, but just because you're situated by the creek there, um, oh, the yeah. temperature yeah. changes are so different. Yeah. I talked to a friend on uh, Rogers Mesa, and um, we were talking yesterday, and he had called up for a little garden stuff, and uh, he said, well, I'm walking out in the field with frost on the ground. Oh, really? Rogers Mesa and just the airflow that's coming off of Oak Mesa and down the Rue Creek. Right. And there's a bend in the Rue Creek right there. It's coming up and over and onto his property. Oh so he's already getting like 30 degrees. Fascinating. Yeah. Oh, and nobody wow. else is. Right. And just the way the valley sits in mm-hmm. all the different mesas. I mean, um, I saw that on the farm tours that we went to. Yeah. Everybody had a different kooky weather pattern that they were working with on their land. <laughs> oh, yeah. Totally. From where they were situated. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, well, even within my garden, I have one mm-hmm. spot that if it's going to frost, that's where it's going to be. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. this is one spot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's coming. It is. You know, Time so. is marching forward. <laughs> <laughs> Feels good. Mm-hmm. It does. Yeah, the dog and I really enjoy our morning walks. Uh-huh. And just an aside, we do like seeing bears out there we we ran into a bear the other day so but the bear they don't stay around they just as soon as it saw us i said good morning and it ran away (laughs) (laughs) coming after some berries or something Uh, it was out no it was across the canyon and you know down by the yeah down by the creek Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's yeah it's exciting to see the wildlife and it's just exciting to see everything change i mean each day you go mm-hmm. out there and it's something new and i always look for that first sign of autumn and there's some yes. good reds some good reds now i would like to applaud the uh, virginia creeper right oh, now right. this week mm-hmm. is it's prime red like it is the most gorgeous color out there yeah. at least in our neighborhood yeah it really shines this time of year yeah mm-hmm. virginia creeper i love that I was thinking of maybe interweaving that in an old hedge that I have. Yeah. Um, what do you think of that? Sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. It kind of just disguises itself yeah. until this time of year when take it just over. pops yeah. out. The bees or yeah. insects really love it in the love springtime. Uh-huh. And the birds really like the seeds. Yeah. It's you great. Know, so for... it, it's actually a good uh, plant in the right place. It's in a good the plant. right place. True. Yeah, and exactly. you can just tear it out and compost it and let it regrow like it's a woody vine so it has a nice woody va- base but you can you can really hack it back and just not uh-huh. hurt it at yeah. all yeah, yeah. I like that. you can cut it to the ground it'll come right back up. yeah right. you'll have it forever 
once you have it. You really got to think about it. That's why you have to have it in the right spot. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, yeah. A wisteria. Uh, yeah. like a wisteria. Like a wisteria, absolutely. Another one, big woody vine. Oh, my know. gosh. I've seen, um, there was that huge wisteria by the park that that gal um, has worked on for years now to clean that all out, quite mm-hmm. the project. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Looks yeah. good. Yeah, some of these old houses have those, and they're huge. Uh-huh. I worked on one place up on um, Pitkin Mesa, and it was probably, if it was perfectly round, it was probably about a foot and a half or two feet diameter. Oh but it looked like this snake just going up out of the ground. And it took over probably a half acre of treetops. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah, wow. it was so Here. huge. And it got so wrapped around a spruce tree that it actually girdled the spruce tree. Sure. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. It can be a python. Yeah. <laughs> right. It really yeah, can. Yeah, thing's yeah. huge. Yeah. 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 Again, in the, the right, right place. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is no maintenance. This is where the problem came. Yes. It's probably mm-hmm. 20, 30 years of no maintenance. Sure. Water and no maintenance. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's. <laughs> You're asking for trouble. Dream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 5274868866 KVNF now. Worm at KVNF.org is the email. Amber and Lance are here to answer your questions and. Tell us what went on in your garden this year. It's winding up, and mm-hmm. it's time to make stock and take stock of the season. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Think about what all went down this year. What went down? This is a very fascinating uh, sample on our table, it? Amber. It's mm, a so um, chestnut. It is. It's a. Um, it's a cluster uh, chestnuts from a chestnut. It's a. It's a hedging shrub. Um, it kind of grows very straight up and down. And um, I, I, I think that when I first moved here, I got like a clump of 10 from, I think, the Arbor Day Foundation or something like that. And um, so now they're all bearing. And it almost looks like, like a hippie skirt, like the little um, pocket that that nut comes in is like inside of a green frilly kind of a rounded yeah like a hemline that yeah that moves. it's like a dancing <laughs> moving kind of even though it's sitting there still it um got a lot of action going on and they come in clusters or sometimes there's one but like most often there's two or three or four in a cluster and um and they're all ready now they're starting to fall off the shrub um, but they're kind of drying around the edges, and that's when it's time to pick them. And so then I'll just take the the outside frilly part off, and it just reveals a real nice round little chestnut. And then uh-huh. you roast crack those. them open. You can roast them. Uh-huh. You can just crack them open and eat them. It's it's wow. one of wow. the few nuts that we can grow here, other than mm-hmm. black walnut, which has you know got its own challenges. And it doesn't take a lot of room because it's not a tree. It's a shrub, and it's a very, Mm -hmm. you know, columnar-growing shrub. So it's a great hedge plant that that bears food, nuts. Yeah, Yeah. love that, nuts. Um, Can you also plant that chestnut for to propagate a shrub? Um, Yeah, I haven't Uh because it's much Mm -hmm. easier to just kind of cleave off. It's a suckering shrub oh. yeah so you can you dig can up the dig sucker up. scent yeah that kind of gets you a little further ahead than the seed but you know i might just try that mm-hmm. just for fun are these easy to crack open yeah uh-huh yeah you just yeah. a little nutcracker and yeah crack them right open so that's fun in the you know in the fall mm, chestnuts little, roast you know. in an open fire. <laughs> <laughs> love it exactly. Ooh, do they smell what is not really. Uh-huh. I haven't noticed it. Yeah. But they do turn lovely fall color. That's Ooh. an added bonus from it. It's a great hedge. But it also is starting to turn a salmony color mm. and it'll turn like a more pinkish, reddish salmony color. So it's nice. A, yeah. It's a winner. A chestnut shrub. Mm-hmm. And if we're planting trees and shrubs right now, um, just some tips for that going into the fall. Uh, do we want to do that before the first frost? Do we have some time? Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think frost is a problem there. It's whether you have moisture for late to water them. Okay. Moisture is our issue. Yeah. 
you know, is there a time frame where you wouldn't want to plant? I mean, I think you you can plant kind of all the time, but you get a little bit of uh, like the frost heave kind of yeah. pushes okay. things out of yeah. the ground if you wait too long. And um, and I think you just don't get the roots, you know, penetrating into the native soil if you wait too long. It just kind of yeah. It's, it's yeah, if you plant Somewhat late, a... it's just going to sit there. It's going to sit there, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. But So when you do that, you make sure that you, if it's a dry winter, to water them. Mm-hmm. You know, in other words, no snow cover. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. So as we go through the winter, if we don't have snow cover, make sure you water anything new yeah. that you put in the ground. Just a little bit. And sometimes even your established trees, don't mm-hmm. you think? Sure. Yeah. 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 In fact, since we still have irrigation water, uh, I've been making like the rounds, trying to just soak in everything because, you know, it could go off any day. And so you just want to make that last rotation and soak in mm-hmm. everything when you have the water might as well yeah um i think that's so sometimes easy to forget how much water those uh trees and shrubs need when mm-hmm. you're got your system going on your <laughs> garden and everything that there's some yeah yeah big plants that um and trees don't get watered by sprinklers very well like they want a deep soaking so don't assume just because you're watering in an area that that tree is getting as much water down at the root level that it needs, especially if it's newly planted. Like you, you get a, you know, imagine that its roots are two feet down and you want that water all the way down there. So mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, deep soak. Yeah, deep soaking. Yeah, and sometimes <laughs> also, um, the, you know, the material that a plant is planted in in a pot is going to be a lot lighter than your native soil. And so that that little soil that it's in can dry out and gets kind of the, the moisture can get sucked out by the native soil. So, you know, if you're planting late, notice the soil that is in that closest vicinity. That's that's got to stay moist as well. Mm-hmm. Even if the native soil is moist, like check the immediate soil. If you're mm-hmm. planting this late, it can kind of get wicked out of that sure. planting medium. You know. Sure. Good soil, something yeah. to settle into, <laughs> yeah. feel good in. That's yep. what it's all about, mm-hmm. for sure. 527-486-8866, KVNF now. Shoot <laughs> us a question here. No, Lulu would say stump the chumps. <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> maybe you know it's just everyone's exhausted you know oh it's kind of kind of out of the fight at this point of the year like i'm, I'm no longer tearing the heads off of all the grasshoppers and <laughs> treating right. i just saw fight. a bunch of aphids show up i'm like yeah whatever you know yeah. like, now you <laughs> just walk go. and crunch the grasshoppers they're <laughs> right. all dead everywhere yep. yeah. yeah lizards have disappeared i'm still finding a few toads uh-huh. and the, uh, maybe one snake now and then but that's really about and the wasps i don't the wasps yeah. seem to have disappeared they've kind of quieted down at yeah. my spot but they're pretty busy the last few weeks yeah. for sure yeah. yeah yeah they are so did you harvest your grapes amber uh i have been uh-huh. kind yeah. of more walking by and just eating clumps <laughs> yeah, of them right. <laughs> <go> by. <laughs> Because, yeah, if you don't, the wildlife moves in and gets them. Yeah. yeah. In fact, I had what I thought was a full tree of peaches and then came back and overnight, miraculously, all of the deer had just like oh, no converged kidding. on that tree, I guess. <laughs> Cleaned up the ground, took all the peaches off the tree. I was like, wow, okay. okay. I don't need to do that. <laughs> so, yes, I think, it's the, I think it's the raccoons that eat the grapes. grapes. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are there skins on the Because they take the, the skins off, I know. Oh, yeah. they're so <laughs> It's a pure, oh my I mean, sure sign. If it's all stomped down there, yeah. and the grape skins yeah. are there. Oh. They don't eat the skins. Oh, damn raccoons. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I still will, the friend Jan from Gunnison will be down next week, and she likes to take all my late grapes, which have seeds in them, for wine. Oh, uh-huh. And so if you walk through my garden right now in the afternoon, it smells oh, like sweet so grapes. It smell, especially yeah, the Niagara's. It's just, uh, so I have a Ni- Niagara's, I have a Swenson's, I have some Delaware. I still have some Candace because I picked 26 pounds 
today for a CSA this morning, and I only picked wow. the ones on the ripe, which is right there where the roots, the stem comes up, and then you got that horizontal right there is the ripe ones mm-hmm. now. Uh-huh. And then the ones on the outer edges get ripe later. What do you think you have, like a week and a half left of continuing to harvest? Oh, or of, grapes. Of, yeah, yeah, that, uh-huh. of grapes. Yeah, of grapes. No, I... I'm on the fourth bed of carrots, uh, and uh, so that's just over half done. And I still got probably three to four hundred pounds of potatoes to dig. Uh, <laughs> could you repeat that, please? <laughs> <laughs> what three four hundred pounds yes, of potatoes? Yes, three to four hundred pounds. <laughs> I just was checking my ears. <laughs> you know, and then um, uh, I still got the pintos to do. All the other dry beans are harvested. And threshed, except for the heterites. Wow. Yeah, so I, it's I've been all busy. Coming out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just, and there's still cabbage, beet. Yeah, we uh, haven't talked lettuce. about your cabbage this yeah, year. Yeah, they're yet. Gre- getting quite huge, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is what I want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't want them ready till late October. Mm-hmm. So they still got another month or so to go. Water on that? Or oh, not? yeah. Oh, still watering. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, still watering those guys, and they're planted where the first frost comes, so it doesn't matter because they're... They don't care about uh-huh. that. Yeah, no. They, and if it gets really cold, I'll cover them. <laughs> you know, I, yeah. How I've, cold does it have to be to affect a cabbage? Though? Oh, it's, yeah, it's uh, below 25. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and then you need to start doing that. But even on a live frost, why I want to cover them is if the leaves get frozen, they're going to live. Right. But they have to uh, unthaw out before they can start photosynthesizing. Well, what if you prevent it from those leaves from freezing? That's what I'm doing. Mm. Mm-hmm. So that they can continue to grow a little bit faster. Oh, okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just some finesse. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that finesse works because That's your cabbage smart. is like Alice in Wonderland cabbage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. And I'll have it till... April, March or April in storage. Wow, yeah. Most people make sauerkraut. I store it. It's my winter green. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, mm-hmm. are you doing something different for your winter storage this year? Have you? No. Oh, you're not? No. I thought you were going to do some kind of different uh, pit or... Well, I finally acquired a bunch of very large 60-pound solid cement blocks mm-hmm. that are for retaining walls. Mm-hmm. And the hole for the root cellar has been dug for at least 10 years. I did that with a sh- shovel, <laughs> all with a shovel and a wheelbarrow. <laughs> so the hole is dug <laughs> and has been there. And so now I have the blocks, and that's going to be my winter project. Okay, so, so you're going to work on the root cellar this I'm going to work on the root cellar this winter. <laughs> so are you... So what are you doing with this? You dug a hole, and now you're going to put these blocks in the hole? You put – the, the hole is about four feet deep. It went as deep as until I started hitting big rocks. <laughs> okay. okay. And then you put on about three inches of gravel on the ground, and you can dry stack these right on the gravel. So you dry stack your cinder blocks on the bottom Cement of the blocks. Floor. Oh, oh, cement blocks. Okay. Right on the ground. Uh-huh. That first row is going to be very – particular because you want it level and straight mm-hmm. and then after that you're just going to throw them on and i'll have to put the door frame in it too to make sure you know when you're using masonry you got to have to put the door frame in so that you can put the masonry right up to it mm-hmm. yeah okay and these are building a wall mm-hmm. okay with these blocks yeah gotcha yeah. Well, that's exciting. So, you're going to have all kinds. That of... Sounds like heavy. <laughs> yes, sounds like heavy work. <laughs> yeah, and stuff. So, and then in the springtime, early summer, we'll pour a cement roof on it. Oh wow! Oh, yeah. Okay. So completely cement. Yeah. Well, yeah, and okay. the the, the trick cool. is, you have two vent holes in the ceiling, mm-hmm. and one is piped all the way to the ground, and one is left up in the ceiling. And that way you can have air circulation. Right. It goes down to the bottom and the, the long one down to the ground and mm-hmm. goes up. And the air going up is what's sucking the air back down through the other one mm-hmm. and stuff. Is this going to replace your food pit then? Yes. Oh, it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And do you expect uh, food to store longer in there or? 
What's more convenient than more digging convenient. a hole to get food out <laughs> and bail, moving bail, frozen bales of hay. <laughs> it oh, works. Nice. Don't yeah. get me wrong. But, it's um, not convenience, really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And this is right next to the door. It's going to be facing the compost area. Uh -huh. So if anything's rotten, it Just goes right in the compost. Right over the shoulder. Yeah. Like continental storage. <laughs> nice. Well, that's exciting. I'm looking yeah. forward to that. Yeah. So you have good, good storage. Smart going. design. Yeah, yeah, smart design. Mm -hmm. We're going to take a quick break and hear from some of our underwriters. We'll be right back. Support for KVNF comes from members and from the High Country Spotlight, circulating 12,000 copies countywide each week. The Spotlight provides local businesses a chance to reach a broad audience and features community news, historical perspectives, business profiles, and the shopper classifieds. The High Country Spotlight can also be found online at highcountryshopper.com. Support for KVNF comes from Earth Friendly Supply Company, offering organic gardeners a large selection of soils, amendments, pest and disease control, and garden tools. Open year-round, serving indoor and outdoor gardeners, and offering a seasonal plant nursery. Located between Paonia and Hotchkiss on Highway 133, more information is available at 970-399-7598 or shopearthfriendly.com. We are back. Uh, you are listening to As the Worm Turns on KVNF. I'm Jill Spears here with my favorite worms. It's Amber Kleinman and Lance Swaggart in the house tonight. We just had uh, Tara stop in and say it was 45 degrees up at her spot here in the North Fork, but her basil got a little frozen. A little so, touched. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, just you where never the breeze know. blows. And these plants that really just don't like even cool air. Yeah, basil's mm -hmm. the first one yeah. to show you. The first you. one to go? Oh, yeah. 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 It's touchy. Yeah. Touchy. <laughs> All right. Give us a ring. 527-4868-866 KVNF now. I had a picture from Marilyn who has um, this flowering plant. It's four to five inches tall. And um, it's uh, part shade flowers. And you were able to identify that, Amber. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a delphinium um, mm -hmm. and it's... It likes the sun, but in at least here, it does like some afternoon shade as well. Mm. So mm -hmm. it's one of those that doesn't mind a little protection from the sun in the late afternoon. But it can be, it's, it's mostly, as most flowering plants are, they like full sun at least a good part of the day. Yeah. yeah. Another yeah. thing to think about and uh, <laughs> watch in your yard and your space is just how that sun mm -hmm. moves and, and mm -hmm. rotates throughout the year yeah yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. really important because each yard is different and you're mm -hmm. the only person that can surmise that so right. yeah if something is not flourishing it's good to make note of that and maybe pluck it out and put it somewhere else mm -hmm. all right yeah put it someplace else we had yep. that call or, or an email was that a couple a year or so ago and she had put up a fence. Mm -hmm. And prior to that fence, the plants there were doing really good. Sure. And she put the fence up. And it took me a while. And I says, is that the north side of a fence? Yeah. <laughs> and that's exactly mm -hmm. what it was. And those plants did not like that. Uh -uh. Changed the light. Because they changed, changed the it. temperature. Well, yeah. to almost full shade. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right. that's a big that's, difference. That is, I'd be screaming too. Right? <laughs> yeah, and colder in the winter time, and no sun in the winter. Yeah, yeah. So that changes everything. Mm -hmm. Light water. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We talked about putting in shrubs or um, trees. What about lawns um, before the cold weather comes? Well, it's just it's not that. The best thing to do is to, if you're going to plant a lawn from seed. Do it before mid-October. And the reason why you want to do that is the seedlings do not have enough time to grow deeper roots to survive a cold and or dry winter. So you want to do it as soon as possible, get those roots growing down, and, uh, and then if it is a dry winter, you might have to take a hose out there and water them a little water bit. It, yeah. sorry, sorry. And it, when I say water, I'm not talking, you know, hours. I'm talking 15 minutes just to keep it moist. Mm -hmm. You know, so. 
But anyway, so you can do that, and mm-hmm. you can do whatever variety works, and sunshade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are some alternatives um, to lawn that you could? Uh, different types of things for lawn. Well, the one we like the uh, or Lulu and like the best is uh, yarrow. Yarrow, yeah, absolutely. It makes a great lawn. It's mm-hmm. soft. It's pretty. The trick mm-hmm. is though, you have to mow it. Because mm-hmm. if you don't mow it and those seed heads come up, it's going to be sticky. You're going to have those stems. Right. So you keep it mowed, and it does really good. Takes traffic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you want a tougher lawn, and you don't really care fescues, the broad-bladed fescues. They, they get deep-rooted, they take traffic, and they don't need as much water. All right. Are you done mowing for the year? One more time. One more time. <laughs> I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I might not, but uh-huh. it'll be in 10 days to two weeks. Yeah. I just mowed Saturday, and we'll just see what the weather does mm-hmm. at this point. Yeah, All Yeah, right. and then you run them out of gas. There you go. Run it out <laughs> yeah. of gas. Exactly. <laughs> I like to let it get a little taller so that it kind of has a nice cover for the winter, mm-hmm. you know, this yeah. time of year. Because if the snow kind of bends it over and lays it down, it's a nice, like insulated blanket yeah yeah no i it'll go into winter four or five inches tall yeah you know perfect and it's perfectly okay and then you can and the worms got protection the microbes mm-hmm. got the, their protection you know got mm-hmm. a little bit of mulch on there right. and um you come back in the spring and you can mow it you know i've never done anything special i don't mm-hmm. thatch it i don't do anything mm-hmm. i don't pick up the grass cuttings i just mow. right mm-hmm. yeah there it is and stuff um, on that note, I had a thought for uh, the wintertime projects for this year in particular because I've been thinking a lot about grasshoppers, of course, because yeah. we all kind of got demolished this year and how they come in cycles. And so they're bad for like two to four years at a time and then they kind of diminish. And so I feel like we're either in the middle of it or hopefully on the end of it, but mm-hmm. if there is a time to, like I'm kind of a no-till kind of a woman, but mm-hmm. if you have a project where you need to till up some land, mm-hmm. this might be your winner to do it because the grasshoppers, they lay their eggs um, under the ground in like the first couple of inches. Mm-hmm. And so if you turn that ground over the winter, you're going to disturb those eggs and you'll of course, kill those grasshoppers. And so each, you know, each cluster is like 30 eggs of, oh, you wow. know, at eight to 30 eggs per cluster. And there's, you know, each female can lay a hundred eggs. And so you start to do the math and you just get scared about like what yeah. could happen next right. year. So right. if you want to till, maybe you should go ahead and do it this year. Until now or till early spring? Uh, yeah, either sure, either, um, because those eggs are mostly in the ground now, and so either way, you're doing some grasshopper mm-hmm. mitigation, you know, before what happens next year. And and also on that note, like, May and June is really the time to get out there and do grasshopper control. Okay. Hopefully we have an organic option, mm-hmm. you know, if we've mm-hmm. Nola Bait comes through or Semispore or whoever's doing that. Please, like, make sure we have lots of that. Um, But after June, you're just going to ride it out. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. do it early. Get extra chickens, you know, like get the birds out there. Um, Get a plan. Yeah, Yeah. get a plan together Mm -hmm. now just in case next time's worse. Because we don't know. Like, I feel like that was pretty apocalyptic this year but it could get worse we don't know right yeah. we don't know I, I have a friend that for years probably 30 years every spring and every fall she tills her garden and that's the chickens in mm-hmm. it's the only time the chickens are in the garden mm-hmm. you know so go at yeah. it let them go at it let them dig yeah. that chickens. makes them so and if you don't happy. have chickens you can yeah till the garden and you can walk away and let the birds have, have yeah fun. or just mm-hmm. throw some seed out there some buckwheat <laughs> boy watch yeah. the, the native birds go at it right yeah right yeah. good yeah. idea mm-hmm. but get the birds in there and then turn the soil yeah 
I yep. think that's a good plan for everybody. We're going to see everybody out there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's not every winter that you want to do it, but yeah. it might be the, the this year. might be the ticket. Yeah. Hey, let's check in on the line uh, with Ruth, who wants to talk about peonies. Hi, Ruth. Hey. I've been listening to your show. You were talking about uh, winter preparations, and I have three clumps of peonies that live on the north side of my house where they don't get very much sun. So this year, I've lived here. They were here when I moved here, and I've lived here quite a while. And I thought, well, I'll try to help them out because I think I remember you guys talked about feeding peonies at one point in time or something. So I gave them this minerals and uh, food stuff a couple months ago, and now the leaves have all turned kind of ghostly looking. (laughs) 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 I don't know whether I did them any good there. They also get eaten up so that their leaves become serrated. Oh, well, that, that's, that's, that's the, good. that's the bees. That's yeah. The, leaf. the yeah. C- um, cutter bees. Yeah. So that's not a problem. That's, uh-huh. a, good, that's a good sign actually. Yeah. So, yeah, but I, then I thought, well, now I, I fed them this food a couple months ago and now the leaves have kind of turned this kind of pale color. Like, I mean, it's almost like white dust <laughs> on top of them. Oh, you said white dust? Yeah, well, it seems like, I, I mean, I, if I feel them, they just feel like leaves, but it looks like white dust. Okay, that's uh, mildew. Yeah. And uh, I've seen really bad cases. Your main problem is it's on the north, north side of the side. house. Yeah. You, you know, and they're not getting any sun anymore. Okay. Have you ever worked with sulfur on peonies? I haven't had yeah. a reason to, but I do know that the yeah the powdery mildew can really get on those. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so you're well, going to have to... The first year I've seen them here. I mean, they seem like they they make a few blooms, but some of them just stay in tight little balls every year. But yeah. this is the first year I've okay. seen this. Okay, well... The tight bowls in the spring were, when the buds didn't open is because people forget to water them. They're growing so well and because they have this huge root system. But if you don't water them, the flowers dry up. It's as simple as yeah. that. So that's what that is. Um, and fall time is the time to transplant them. Okay. Ah. Okay. And I would take, I don't, I don't know if you're renting by by it but you could take half that cluster of each one out and you plant it and you'll look at it you'll be able to see the eyes where the next shoot's coming out you have to plant that at the same depth that it's growing right now which is going to be anywhere from three inches to one inch below the ground i don't know because it's your stuff but um well whoever that put in a a foot of that stupid lava rock Oh, no. oh, they're struggling at, but so you're saying they'd do better if they actually had sun. Yeah, and no lava rock on top of them. Yeah. that could help too. I would dig those up and then move them to a yeah. sunny spot sun, where they have sunny, regular sun, soil. And yeah, yeah. So yeah. what what does grow on the north side? I mean, I've enjoyed them, but uh, <laughs> I'd like to put something in there that doesn't languish. <laughs> Oh, oh, pastas. And, pastas. You um, know what does really good on the north side? Bleeding hearts. Bleeding hearts? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Hearts. Uh, and mint will grow in there. And mint grows everywhere. Yeah. Care- careful with that one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, uh, sweet Williams. Plenty of, uh, lava rock to just take over. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I might be transplanting my peonies then. Yes. Yeah. Go for they it. would be so much happier anywhere uh, else than yeah. there. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. I'll try that. Go for it, Ruth. <laughs> All right. Thanks for the call. Yeah. Good luck. Thank you. Bye. Bye. You know, um, just a lot of peonies around town, and when I'm walking my little puppy, I see um, kind of the same thing going on with a lot of the peonies plants. The leaves look rather yeah. sickly and mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah, they're done. Mildewy. Yeah. 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 I was saying I worked for some place that mildew what was that three weeks ago it was so bad in that peonies that we actually cut them down. Oh no, kidding! And I don't know if we should uh, throw some sulfur on now because sulfur mm-hmm. the, there's sulfur that's used for mildew, mm-hmm. not soil sulfur or something. Mm-hmm. So this is actually for mildew, and uh, 
And maybe again, do it in the spring, right at yeah. bud break. That's yeah. usually when it's most effective is bud break. Right. At this point in the year, would it help for next year or is that I, just well, the, diminish? The shoots are already made. Yeah. I think you got to wait. Yeah, It's an experiment. Yeah. I don't have it. Yeah. Try some now and try some in the spring and see what happens. And really, it can't hurt because sulfur does help with the pH yeah. uh, of our soil mm-hmm. a little bit. So it I will help. on horticultural sulfur sometimes. Right, right. Yep. Yeah. Um, all right, 527-4868-866, KVNF now. Uh, we just got a, a text from somebody who's got a maroon Indian corn that's looking for a blue Hopi to hang out with. It's a gorgeous <laughs> maroon Indian corn. Yeah. <laughs> Indian corn meat mongo. <laughs> Thank you for that, Bob. It's beautiful. <laughs> Hey, Zoe is on the line, wants to talk about reclaiming land after hemp was grown. Hello, um, Zoe. Hi. Hi. Um, what do you hi, have going? Zoe. Yeah, just Zoe. So we're um, southwest of Montrose and um, <clears throat> a field that has been taken over by a hemp company. Actually, it was never grown in there, but they totally took out 70 acres of old alfalfa and took up, you know, took up all that and then put in the infrastructure for all the the piping, you know, for irrigation and everything, and then never planted any plants, but then the company went belly up, so... The land ended up going up for sale, and it was going to be developed. So anyway, long story short, we got it. Um, and our first-time farmers, like, our late 60s and 70s. <laughs> <laughs> and we're working. It is a um, critical winter mule deer habitat area, so... Colorado Park and Wildlife are helping us, NRCS, which is Natural Resource Conservation Service, you know, the feds are helping us um, with lots of guidance and some money for seed and things like that. Anyway, first time this field has had water, which that's another thing, we're not on the whole UVWA system, we are on a historical ditch that some of the grandfathers of the guys we still share the ditch with dug before the Gunnison Tunnel was dug. So this field was green way back when. Um, But this water now drops up by usually July 4th because it comes right out of Spring Canyon, which is the drainage off of, you know, the Uncle there. Anyway, so we're part of all sorts of studies with uh, drought-tolerant wheatgrass, Kernza, and I don't know. We've got bird boxes. I mean, we just kind of fill out forms and say yes, and people come and help us and talk to us. But we're right now, we just got done battling um, daughter. Do you Uh, know daughter? D-O-D-E-E-R. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I don't think we're good, but I mean, what would be your recommendation for that? And then don't let forget that I have another question, too. So, <laughs> um, well, gosh, it sounds like you have all the best people on the job. Like, what do they have to say about this? <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. You know, they don't, you know, that's the thing. I mean, they know a lot about... Um, Oh, yeah, all sorts of systems <laughs> yeah, and soils and things like that. Yeah. But when it comes to, here's a, we, I mean, as far as, as far as from, we, we can find out, they have told us it's all by hand, which is what we've been doing, oh, you gosh. know. First of all, we tried to, like, gather it and split up, but it was just the big, long yellow strings, and then we were burning it you know, the last time through the Mm -hmm. field, but we've got 21 acres planted and this is just about to kill us. So, um, we don't want to poison necessarily. I will look it up. Mm -hmm. 
that's yeah, usually an indicator plants? of uh, poor soils. You know, you got a burned yeah. out pasture. Yeah. As simple as that, that hasn't been taken care of. And that's when these parasites, that's what daughter is. Obviously, it's a parasite. Yes. And that's yeah. what shows up. And uh, so, or improving the soil, mainly if you can get some, uh, with that large of acreage, you're going to want manure, aged manure. And yeah. I don't know if the Montrose, this would be fun to do both together, is get a, tr- a couple truckloads of leaves, p- spread them out, spread the manure on top, mm-hmm. and disc it in. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, come, yeah. yeah. Well, but these are perennials. I mean, that's, that's the beauty of this is, I mean, we've got 21 acres okay. and we've got 10 more yeah. acres to do. And, and yeah. we, we're, we're not going to till now, especially no. in what we've okay. planted. And these, I mean, we have a mix, you know, NRCS yeah. only goes with diversity, <laughs> which I, I totally get into. I mean, I, I, yeah, I totally it sounds understand. like you've. Yeah, but um, but the thing, and we're being guided pretty well, I think, with all that kind yeah. of stuff. But it's like, yeah, these are scientists; these are not really farmers. <laughs> and the farmers are going, I don't know why you got that so bad. You know, I had a little patch here once. Yeah, you know, I'll look that like, up and call, a uh, call or mention it next week. On uh, okay. the show next week, I'll look up Daughter and what's it okay. indicated. Okay. I also, I don't have that book with me, but I have a list of Daughter and it's the soil deficiencies. Mm-hmm. And okay. it's it's on there. So I'll, I'll Okay, that's good to know. That's good to know because we're looking okay. at soil right now. Yeah. We're looking at and always yeah, just had our soil analyzed for the first time. And, Super. Yeah. So. Okay, so um, tune in next week. Uh, Lance will have okay. some information okay. for you on that. And we've got okay. a couple more callers on the line. So thanks for okay. calling tonight. <laughs> Appreciate it. Okay, <laughs> thank you. Thanks. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I got some homework. You do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I think you nailed it, though. It's it's an abandoned pasture that yeah. you know, needs to oh. be. Poor soil. Poor soil, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, Jer wants to weigh in on powdery mildew. Oh, Hi, Jer. Hello, mm-hmm. Jer. Can you hear me? Yes, yes, we can hear you. Thanks for waiting. Great, great. So uh, powdery mildew is a soil-borne systemic fungal pathogen, meaning that the plant takes it up through the soil and it gets into the plant and then it's systemic in the plant indefinitely. Okay. And so the only way to really get rid of it is to treat it systemically. Okay. Right. And so what, we, what I tr- typically treat something like that with is uh, monoimbibed potassium salts of phosphoric acid. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Say again. <laughs> Which comes under several names. Um, it, it comes under phosphide. It comes under uh, plant doctor, or used to anyways. It comes under, uh, there's several of them out there. But that you water in, the plant sucks it up and it'll kill that inside mm-hmm. the plant. Wow. Good to know. And then, yeah. And then on that daughter, you were right, it's a parasitic. It might even be parasitic fungus. Mm. So it might be an antifungal that makes it go away, but it's mostly poor soil. And you just need to get a microbe program going. Okay, And get thing, soil yeah. health better, and then you could probably it just probably won't occur okay a microbe program going live yeah live soil yeah. and you got burned out yeah soil, exactly so. right burned exactly out and then also like you said there's probably a micronutrient deficiency too mm-hmm. right and i would solve that with um uh polyamine micronutrients so all right yeah yeah, all things you can water in, which is good in their case because she's saying they're perennials. And yeah, they those, disc exactly. Up. Both things you can water in. So, yeah, mm-hmm. like you can get a, um, like a powdered preparation of microbes and mix it in water and pour it into the ground and then introduce those to the soil since it's deficient. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that would be easy enough to do. Super. Good advice. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Jerry. Appreciate the call. Right, thanks. Talk to you guys. Thank Bye. you. Yeah. All right, so there's some good advice for you right there. 
Okay. Hey, uh, Charlie's just sent an email. He had grubs in his garden this year. What can he do to prevent grubs for next spring? Uh-huh. Send in the chickens. Grubs? Till the, the garden and put chickens out there. Yeah. Uh-huh. And yeah. don't get them. Um, I think those come with um, horse manure typically, don't oh. you? Mm. That's when I've noticed grubs is when I gotten horse manure to put in my compost pile oh, that's just my observation but right yeah but yeah boy chickens love those uh-huh just send mm-hmm. them in. God, chickens are the <laughs> they animal really you want to have right they really mm-hmm. are mm-hmm. how do you use your chickens amber do you move them around in the yard or yeah well i like to um they have their own enclosure during the daytime but toward you know chickens put themselves to bed so late in the day when uh, they only have like an hour left of light, I'll release them into the greater yard and they, you know, they cruise through, they clear off all the bugs they see, and then they go to bed. So they're not out there all day oh, and able uh, to destroy smart. things. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes. So they get a limited time. And if they start to destroy things, I just push them back into the, you know, enclosure. Yeah. So I, I get them, they get an hour or two of late day Snacking. rounds. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. And that really helps more than anything else I've tried. Okay. For bugs. Chickens, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, let's check in with Ruth, who sent us an email on wheel bugs. She's down in Hotchkiss and has had wheel bugs in her yard for two years in a row now. What kind of bugs? Wheel bugs. And she says they are the perfect subject for a science fiction movie. (laughs) Uh Do you know anything about them? No, no picture. (laughs) Okay, no. They're in the Texas bug book. Oh, they are. The the good, Uh the bad, and the ugly. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I'll look it up and they'll have. uh, the oh. whole habitat and life cycle and good or bad and and if you want to control them, what works best on them? Oh, you oh, got so okay. much homework going on. <laughs> yeah, they have a wheel that comes off the top of their abdomen shoulders. Oh, oh interesting. I've seen, I'm going to have to look I've not up. seen one. <laughs> oh, it's in the book. Adam just sent us, our producer just sent us, it's... It does look science fiction. Whoa. It looks like a cricket with a yeah. saw blade on the top of it or something. Oh, I see. Oh. It's horizontal. I was thinking the other direction. Right? Wow. Oh, so scary looking. Wow. There's all kinds of crazy bugs <laughs> happening. It's, yeah. Yeah. I think that's going to continue, all these kind of weird things Yeah, thank you to the bugs at um, giant, um, what was it, tomato? Hornworm? Yes, the hornworm story. Tell us about that. Yeah, it finally disappeared, and I think it's buried itself and made a cocoon. The thing was huge, you know, six inches long, and just eating that uh, that tour like it went. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. just (laughs) gunk, gunk, gunk. Yeah. Watch its mouth move and everything. So it's, it's, you know, I hope I don't chop it in half when I'm turning soil. Right. Mm -hmm. I've seen two huge worms in the last Mm -hmm. week. Really? Mutt, tomato hornworm mm-hmm. and a, um, oh, what's the other one? Is it a hawk moth? Or that is a tomato hornworm. Anyway, two large caterpillars. So they're out there. So keep mm-hmm. your eyes open for yeah. massive caterpillars. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so cool. So cool. The other thing I see popping on in all the ditches is the milkweed pods. Yes. Um, is that easy to plant? Uh, I think you just watch it and mm-hmm. let it pop and spread itself around. Yeah. I mean, as right. far as I can tell, that thing just spreads yeah. automatically. Everywhere. It yeah. floats everywhere. Uh-huh. Yeah. You don't have to do a thing. Right. It yeah. seemed like it was really healthy this year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, you can say that again. Yeah. <laughs> well, they have a lot of snow and, mm-hmm. and more soil moisture. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then if they're on the ditches and stuff, there's that much more. Mm-hmm. Nice. A couple more things on our sample table here. Mm-hmm. Some mango Asian pears oh, from gosh. Amber's tree. Yummy. It's a huge mm-hmm. year for, I think, pears, but mm-hmm. uh, Asian pears as well. Oh, wow. Yes. That Loaded. one's like the size of a softball almost. I know. Mm-hmm. I know they're huge. I keep thinning and thinning, but they, yeah. Keep on I coming. I didn't know they could, that the tree could bear this many. <laughs> <laughs> and this is your pearl millet, Lance. Yes, that's pearl millet. and. Beautiful. It, think of um, a cattail, mm-hmm. only it's got all the grain heads on the outside. Yeah, yeah And absolutely. these are what? like a cattail. Yeah, 10 inches long. 
Yeah. And I have hundreds of these. Oh my gosh. So the grain section's 10 inches long, but the plant itself is... Six to seven feet tall. Yeah. These were on the top. Wow. So like giant cattails, but it's mm-hmm. pearl melon. And just yeah, with the wind, if it, we had some really wet weather and some wind, they would have been laying on the ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's heavy. Mm-hmm. And how are you going to deal with these then? <laughs> what Put them on a next? sheet and roll them with my feet. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. It actually right works off. really good. It's mm-hmm. that easy. Okay. Yeah. Sheet, tarp, whatever. Sheet, feet. Yeah. Wow, that's this is going to be a fun winter. <laughs> Film you. <laughs> yeah, we need yeah. some reels. Yeah, yeah. I had the fire yeah. going, and there yeah, I am. There you are. Yeah. nice. Uh, the fruits of your labor, right there. Yeah. Yeah. All right, that's going to do it for us tonight, Amber. Thanks so much for joining Thank us. Thank you for having me. Mm-hmm. And we'll be back next week for another edition of As the Worm Turns. It's Tara coming up with one woman's perspective. Thanks for listening to KBNF. All right, have a good evening. Good evening. I gotta get that I love so. Lowly, the wind, low.